Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. So today, I'm excited about the sermon, um, and I say that, and I don't mean it at all. Um, because one of the, what Don, one of the subjects that Don had left off of um, his next level, I was looking through everything that he's gone through. Um, we've had like next level compassion, next level worship, but one of the things we haven't done yet is next level love. And it's uh, we're going to go be in a pretty familiar passage this morning, First Corinthians chapter number thirteen. Um, and the reason I'm not excited about the sermon today is because it's really easy to preach and it's easy to talk about, but it's really hard to walk. It's really hard to live next level love. When we think about next level love, we think, and when we think about next level living, it's a call to live and love like Christ does. Nothing is more essential in the journey of Christ-likeness than the character of Christ's love. We'll get into our passage. We'll continue that thought. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For now we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I also am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these... Is charity. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your love, God. We thank you for your love, how it's all-consuming, God. It, it touches every part of our life. It moves us to do things and become things that we would never be, Lord. It sees the best in us and inspires us to be better, Lord. I pray that we would take these thoughts that you've laid on my heart about charity, Lord, and take them through this next coming week in our lives going forward. God, be with us. Meet with us in a mighty way. Lord, may your spirit fill us. Um, give me your power to preach in your name. Amen. Like I said, the character of love is so important to be Christ-like. We cannot be Christ-like and not love like Christ. It's not a secondary thing in the Christian life. It's the main thing. If we go through our verses bef uh, before the uh, author Paul writes, I can do all these mighty things. I can have gifts of tongues. I can have all the faith in the world so I can remove mountains. But if it is absent of love, it is worthless. 
Think about that. All the gifts that we could imagine to have, to be spiritually wise, to be so full of faith that we're unshaken by the world around us. But if it is absent of love, it does nothing. And I love the word that the author, that the translators used here. They translated the Greek word agape into charity. I love it because in our English and in our day and age, it inspires the thought of something. What is charity? It's this benevolent donation that we think about that gives us tax breaks, right? It's a um, gift that we give out of our abundance. But it, that even that understanding fails to fully capture what this charity, this love is. It's not only a gift out of abundance, but it's a gift that goes past and goes into inconvenience. What is this gift of love that we get from the Father that moves into our life? It's an example of Christ himself. What is this charity that he displayed? If we think of Calvary, we think of the ultimate display of love, right? This God that came down from the heaven and glory of earth became a man. Not only lowly enough to become a man when you're a God, but also in spite of being God, he did not, or in spite of being man, he did not sin. He didn't taste the pleasures of sin or the inconvenience of even of sin. He lived a perfect life. And then at the end of that perfect life, he was so full of love that he endured the death, even the death of the cross. So when we think about next level love, we are to emulate and become as Christ-like as we can in our love. Next level love is not an attribute of most Christians, but it is, must be possessed by every Christian. This love that can go past just giving out of our abundance and giving to inconvenience. It's this love that suffers long. What are some of the attributes of this love? Let's just go through our passage here. Charity suffereth long and is kind. It's also the, the words long-suffering, the, the phrase there, we can think of that also as patience, right? Love is patient. If I am to emulate Christ, I need a patient love. What is another attribute of this love? When we think about what God commands us to do, when Jesus says, love your enemies, right? That's not just like our enemies, the people that annoy us. Those are the people that would despitefully use us, persecute us, or lie about us. God calls us to love those people, to suffer long in that. Charity envieth not. It's not jealous. It doesn't vaunt itself up. It's not puffed up. It's not made of reputation. It doesn't behave itself unseemingly. It doesn't seek her own. It's not easily provoked. It doesn't think any evil. It doesn't even rejoice when bad things happen to people we wish they would happen to. It rejoices in truth. It beareth all things. It believeth all things. Christ demonstrated next level love through his, the work of salvation. Next level love is an evidence of Christ in us. It's not an emotion we can conjure. It can only come as a function of faith worked by the Holy Ghost. It's through spirit living. And that's what we'll get into next. What, what are, where can I find this love? Galatians 5, chapter number 13, and verse number 14 says, For brother, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So we, we move past, when we move into next level living, we move past the law, which we could go through all of Leviticus. It's don't do this, do that, do that. How do we boil all that down? 
God calls us to something higher and greater. It's to love your neighbor as yourself. And how do we do that? So how do we display this next level love? If you look with me in our passage, if you have your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, uh, verse number 7 says, Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. So how do we use the Spirit to display what are the signs that it's, being wor that it's working in our life? First off, is we've already touched on it, is patience. Bears all things. It endures without being provoked. How do I know that I'm displaying the love of God? Can I bear all things in my spirit without being provoked? Can I bear in long suffering and suffer? It's a perfect phrase to imagine what patience is. It's suffering for a long time, right? The love of God should motivate us in our lives to bear for a long time. And that's, like I said, it's easy to say, it's hard to live. There are situations that come into our life that just seem like they'll never end. The pain is too hard to bear, and I can't understand how I'll wake up tomorrow morning. The shame is too hard to bear, and I don't know how I'll wake up tomorrow morning. The love of God in us it motivates us. It moves us. It gives us the capability that we aren't able in our own flesh to use to bear all things. What's the next um, nature that this is displayed or how this next level of love is displayed? It believes in, it believeth all things. There's a faith in this love, right? It doesn't see that the goodness of God is working maybe in this situation, but, or in this person, or that this person is loved by God, but it knows that that faith, there is faith that good, God's goodness will come, Right? There's not a evidence right now that God's goodness is being shown, but I can, through the love of God, see that coming in some way. It trusts in God's plan and in Christ, right? We believe that God is the author and finisher of all things. He that has begun a good work in you will perform it. But that's not just for you. That's for everyone sitting around you. That's not just for you. That's for the people that you work with or that you see day to day or those that are causing the pain in your life. It sees the good that will come even though there's no evidence today because we know the character of God. So not only does it bear all things, not only does it believe all things, there's faith, it hopes all things. It hopes God's graciousness will win out, right? They tie together, right? It bears the bad, it believes the good, and it hopes that it will be shown. God, this love should motivate us to see the goodness in others around us and ignore the pain that we're going through or the the frustration that we have to deal with. And then it endureth all things. To end the verse, it's perseverance. It's a pressing through. It's an enduring. It's a moving through, right? Why is it so hard to preach about this love? Because it's a lot of taking and not a lot of giving. And that's real. Or it's a lot of giving and not taking, I should say. I kind of messed it up to change the whole sermon, right? So it's a lot of taking and not being given. We think about charity, it's all about like these easy donations, this easy life that we get, but charity really is doing and not getting much for it, right? A lot of it is when we really boil down what charity really should be, what benevolence really is, it's about doing without the expectation of a return. Think about that, right? It's a doing something that we know is good and for the best and what I would wish to be done to myself, loving my neighbor as myself. 
So next we'll look at how is next level love defeated. So we know, we can see, and we understand how to love each other. But what gets in the way of that? If we turn over to Galatians chapter number 5, if you have your Bibles. Galatians chapter number 5, and we'll run through these. Um, there are a list of things that obviously limit the spirit in our sight, uh, in ourselves. Uh, so we'll pick up verse number 14. We read that already. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, or one phrase. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed of another. This I say, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Important to, find, to be able to express and display the love of God is to walk in the spirit. So what hinders us from walking in the spirit? For the lust of the flesh, uh, for the flesh lusteth against it, verse number 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, that ye cannot do the things that ye would, right? So the flesh, our old man, our, our normal nature, right? This love that we're talking about isn't in our normal nature. It's something that comes from God, but our normal nature, the flesh, the old man, wars against the spirit. And you can't do both things. You can't be in the spirit and in the flesh, and you can't be in the flesh and in the spirit. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. They are these, idolatry, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murmurs, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. All right. So a few of these we don't really need to go into to explain. Idolatry, we can understand what that is. Fornication. I think we all know what that is. Uncleanliness, it's kind of the same thing. An inappropriateness, uh, 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 walking the line between that which is appropriate and inappropriate. Lichiviousness, it's another function of lust um, and uh, a fleshly sin. So the, the first section, right? We can't live in fleshly sins and expect to have the love of God, right? We can't have the works be living in the flesh and have all these sins against the flesh and live in the spirit, right? They don't go together. It doesn't work when we're so consumed with what our bodies feel or what our mind sees. That is warring against the things that are unseen. The next, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, right? So we think about idolatry, we think about other religions, but really that's just placing anything over God or anything over following Christ, right? Anything that becomes a bigger priority than worshiping the Lord or following the Lord or being in his word or communing with him, that is idolatry, right? We're not just talking about some false religion. We're talking about making anything bigger in our lives than God. And that's can be a really long list for us. If we boil down our days, what's a bigger deal than what we make God to be in our lives? And that's something that we have to sit with and think with. Like, I can't love the way I should if other things are more important than God. Right. Witchcraft. All right. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Witchcraft. Yeah, that's, that is what it is. It's witchcraft. Hatred. Right? Now, here's something we could maybe take a little bit more time than explain than witchcraft. Right? So don't do witchcraft. Right? You can't be a witch and be filled with the spirit. You can't hate and be filled with the spirit. Just like it's crazy for us to assume that we could go out there and be a witch and try and make spells or whatever it is that witches do. You can't hate your neighbor 
and be filled with the Spirit. It's just as crazy to think about to hold such disregard and terrible feelings towards someone you know and be filled with the Spirit. Right or wrong, like if they've wronged you or for whatever reason, hatred is an enemy of living in the Spirit. It's an, and it's pretty straightforward. Can I love and be filled with hate? No. But there takes some introspection. Are there people, things, communities, whatever it is that I hate, that I don't love, that I can't see past the things I disagree with and the things I think are wrong and love the person there? Is hatred our enemy? Our hatred is our enemy, not the person. Our hatred is what keeps most of us from expressing love. And it's not a deep hatred that I wish ill. It's a, your presence annoys me, right? Your personality isn't, uh, I'm not a fan of, right? That's not, that's an enemy of love. I'm annoyed by having to be here or having to do this or having to da 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 And that period uh, piles on the hatred. Variance, so that's actually changing and lying and, and shifting. Emulations is, um, that's a great one. I forgot to look that one up. <laughs> well, let's do it right now. Let's look. Look up emulations. Emulations is uh, it's to move, try and move past and make yourself a bigger, bigger reputation than somebody else. It's a function of pride. Emulations is making yourself a bigger reputation than what needs to be. And that's honestly the opposite character of love, right? Love it doesn't puff itself up. It doesn't vaunt itself. It doesn't make itself larger than it needs to be. It, but emulation or this pride that we often run into to make ourselves something more than what we are is the enemy of the spirit. It's an enemy of walking in the spirit. Wrath, strife, I think we understand what those things are. Anger is the enemy of living in the spirit because anger, anger and wrath clouds our vision from seeing what we need to see, right? It's... We think about love often as an emotion, but really it's just a state to live in. It's being filled with the spirit. Strife, seditions, heresies. These are making rebellions, uh, preaching false truth, envyings. I think we all understand what envy is, and we see it often in our own life. Thinking that we deserve better than what we're getting, that's the enemy of love. Thinking that we deserve this or that that someone else has is the enemy of love. Murder is the enemy of love. Um, ending life, obviously, is the enemy of love. Drunkenness is the enemy of love. It changes your state of mind. It, it, it makes you, takes you out of living in the spirit. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, but feel filled with the spirit. You can't do both things. It's there. This lifestyle of drunkenness is separating you from living in the spirit. You can't live in the spirit if you can't be in control of your faculties. Uh, revelings in the such alike, which I told you before, and I also tell you in time past that you should do such things that are uh, they, uh, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love. I love how the Bible goes from all the things that take us out of living in the spirit and then tells us what the fruit of living in the spirit is. Love, joy, long suffering, gentleness, goodness. Faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So we, when we think about love, let us think about it as Christ did. 
what can I do to reach those that need it, right? What can I do to, to and then when we think about love, it's what can I do to show Christ to those that don't know him, right? Who can I, how can I bear things, believe things, hope things, or endure things that will make me an example of Christ? And that's what Christ likeness is. That's what next level living is, is being more like Christ. And then we find them by living the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance. These aren't choices we make. They're functions of Christ in us. So if I were to leave you with something today, it's to love your neighbor as yourself. If you can boil down the law into one thing, you can also boil down the next level love into one thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.